Well, good morning. You think this would make it through an airport? My wife and I, as I was pulling this out, we talked about how it looked like a weapon. And then I passed one of our weapons people this morning in the Air Force. And I said, this looks like something you would deal with. So anyway, um, good morning, everybody. My name is Sam Smithson, and I have the blessing of privilege of being the Bishopville campus pastor for Alice Drive Baptist Church here. And I'm so thankful to be with you this morning. And uh, before we start, I know that there's a lot of unrest right now in the Middle East. And I just want to encourage you guys, um, God's still at work. There's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain that's happening right now. But God cares about his people from every tribe, nation, and tongue. So I know this impacts us around the world, but it also impacts us here being in a military city. So um, I just want to take a moment to pray this morning. Heavenly Father, you are so good, so loving, so kind. We pray for the attack on Israel and we pray for Palestine. We pray for all that are involved. We know that you care about your people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. We pray that people, even through this difficulty, would come to know you. And we pray that you would wrap your loving arms around those that are hurting right now. We know that the major impact that this has around the world, and Lord, we realize how this makes an impact here on our military and so many families here locally. Give them strength, give them grace, help them to keep their eyes fixed on you. And thank you for those that serve your country so well. We just pray ultimately, Lord, that your peace would even come through this situation. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, all right. Like I said, my name is Sam Smithson, and so glad to be with you guys today. One thing I'm so thankful about Alice Drive Baptist Church is we are one church in many locations. So good morning, Bishopville campus. I miss being with you this morning, but I'm so glad to be here at Loring Mill. I'm so grateful for the people joining us from Pacala and online as well. Um, so today we get to talk about thinking, right? I have a three-year-old son. He has a lot to think about, right? I have a lot to think about and I'm 34 and I'm still thinking. But what I wanna I want to ask you a few questions in regards to your thinking. So as many times as I say think, don't, just don't sweat it this morning, okay? Do you believe that your thinking matters to God? Do you believe what you think about God, yourself, and others really matters? Do you think it is important to think about your thinking. Do you believe that right thinking about God leads to right action for God? In his great book, The Knowledge of the Holy, A.W. Tozer says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. When you wake up every morning, what is the first thing you think about? Some of you might have one word when you wake up. Oh, right? Some of his two words, oh, oh, right? But what if it was, what if you started off the day with the Lord's Prayer before your feet hit the ground and you're reminded of God's goodness and grace in your life? Because just like you, 
I have many challenges in my life and my mind wants to go to everything else I have to do throughout the day. Some of you are thinking I have to take a test. Some of you, you have to care for a loved one that's hurting. Some of you are hurting yourselves. But nobody gets a pass with the difficulties in this life. Actually, a good friend of mine had a good joke the other day. She, she talked about having a discount or canceling her subscription for the trials and tribulations package. I thought that was pretty good. But none of us get to do that. But my encouragement to you is God is still with you. Okay. So a good friend of mine also said, have you ever had a great day? And it was a great day. And maybe you had one bad moment at the end of the day. And do you tell everybody you had a great day and one bad moment? No. Just like you review a company or a restaurant where you had one bad experience over the hundred that you've had good. It was a bad moment in a great day. Do you think God wants us to think like this? He wants us to see the good that he's doing in our lives. So as we start off, we have to talk about what is thinking. Thinking is the process of using one's mind to consider or reason about something. Thinking is one of the most important things you will do in this life. Our thoughts are either helping you become more like Jesus or they aren't. Ultimately, our thinking will shape who we are as a follower of Jesus, a spouse, a sibling, a friend, a parent, grandparent, athlete, you name it. So we will either let someone else shape our thinking or we will shape our thinking to be like Jesus. Dallas Willard says, you can change your emotions with your thinking, but you can't change your thinking with your emotions. I heard from another pastor, Pastor Bruce Frank at Biltmore Church back in North Carolina. He said that feelings are a good caboose on a train, but not a good engine. If we let our emotions drive our lives, we can cause difficulty in our lives and the lives of others. Jesus wants us to be driven by truth. Truth in his character, truth in who he is and what he has done for us. He was always thinking about others, even laying down his life for those who could care less for him. Some of us spend time with Jesus in the morning and we pray and we have a conversation with our heavenly father. We have this mountaintop experience with God and then God calls us back into the real world, the messiness of life, relationships, work, a tough conversation. Do you forget that your heavenly father is still present with you in those moments? He's just as present with you. So this gives us hope in these situations. So we first need to be reminded that we are loved by Jesus and then this helps us shine his light to the world and the situations in our lives. So if you think your day is shot, your day is gonna be shot. If you think God is at work in my life, he loves me and cares about me, he's shaping me more to be more like Jesus and praying heavenly father, help my thoughts not to spiral because that's what we do. That's what we do. One bad thought now, whew, we let it go. 
So as we continue in our Grow Character series, we have embarked on what we have been talking about is asking God to build joy and gentleness into our lives. If we will fight anxiety with prayer, if you will present your request to God, the result is peace, that deep feeling of rest and assurance from complete abandonment to God. Now this will be the launching pad as by God's grace, he redirects our thoughts to him and the good he has for your life. Despite any circumstance any of you or anybody in the world is facing, Jesus is present with us. We must have an active thought life that pursues God. So as we open up to Philippians 4.8, we have been talking about how Paul had every reason to be worried. He was chained to a Roman prison guard. The Roman, the Roman emperor Nero would kill Christians for his own pleasure. So how does Paul stay calm and thinking correctly in a moment like this? So if you would turn with me, please turn to Philippians 4.8 as we continue to build on the scriptures that we've been reading in the past few weeks. This says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Yes, I said whatever a lot. So when your teenager says whatever, show them this verse, right? So Paul tells us here to think. And you see how the verb is at the end of this verse. The word logizomai in Greek can also mean to count or calculate. So let's think about this. We have the peace of God through Jesus. We must intentionally think moment by moment on God's work in our lives. Now there is a lot of noise in our lives. Some of it is actual noise, right? I have a three-year-old. There's a lot of noise in my house. It's a lot of fun, but it can be noisy, right? So think about this peace that God wants to give in our lives. And this also includes our thinking. So coming back to my son, my son Samuel, he's growing up in a different time than when I grew up. Who remembers TGI Fridays? Not the restaurant. Okay, a few hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. All right. So TGI Fridays stood for, thank goodness, it's Friday, right? Hanging with Mr. Cooper, step by step, right? It was a good time. I had to wait a week to watch that. If I had to wait a week now, you've lost my interest. Same thing with Saturday morning cartoons. You wait a week. Now we have what we call streaming. And streaming isn't when you go down the stream. It's in your face and it's instant gratification. So when my son wants to watch something on TV, all we have to do is click a button. 
one button. And I can say, eh, I don't like that show. Done, right? One minute didn't pique my interest. And this is kind of where our society is taking us. And it's not saying everything in culture is bad, but this is just something to be aware of that is happening in our culture. So our, our cultural influences have shaped us. But I want you to think about culture being more like a microwave, right? Some of y'all are like, ooh, microwave, right? One second too long on that popcorn, that's it. That's it. But I want you to think like a crock pot. Y'all like crock pots? Ooh, yeah, crock pot. Can't mess that up. I probably could, but can't. Rest of y'all, y'all are good. So think like a crock pot, right? Y'all are going to be like drawing pictures of crock pots and putting them on your heads and stuff. So that's all right. But I want you to think about this. I have... I'm 34 years old. I have thought patterns that have been shaped in my life for 34 years. Jesus saved me when I was 24 years old. So he has been renewing my thoughts ever since. But you can't just automatically change your thoughts overnight. Like a microwave. And this is where we get frustrated. Right? Now, I'm not ruling out clinical issues and things that are need medication and attention and counseling and things like that. But what I'm saying is in just the, our day-to-day, if this is just a day-to-day struggle for you to think about this. So when my son comes to me with a broken toy in the living room, what's the first thing he says? Fix it, fix it, fix it. So I believe the same thing happens with our thoughts with our heavenly father. Now, ultimately he can restore our thoughts, but he's also saying, what's your part to play in this? What's your role? What's my role? If I'm consuming content that doesn't honor God, doesn't glorify God, then how am I expecting that that's changing my heart for God? Or if I spend so much time doing this, but I'm not in God's word, how am I expecting that to change my heart? But God gives more grace. And that's why I'm thankful that this is a message of hope. So I want to encourage you, as you change your thought patterns, this will change your life for God's glory and for your good. So I'm going to talk about, we have to think like Jesus and we have to be with Jesus. So you remember all the demands that Jesus had around him? He had so many things coming his way. People to forgive their sins, people to heal. Just, you can't, we can't even imagine. You think about like a, what would look like a rock star today. Where's the Swifties out, right? Where are my Taylor Swift fans at? You see all this stuff that's happening on the NFL? They still can't go anywhere. And Jesus, ultimately, the miracles he was performing, he was gaining this crowd around him. Now, people, they wanted to see the show, but there were only true followers of him. 
So I want to encourage you with all the noise and all the demands, find some quiet space in your life. Jesus found time to spend with his heavenly father. Turn off the phone. Close your eyes for a couple of minutes if you have a busy schedule. Daily time spent with Jesus helps shape and prepare your thinking for the day. Preparation matters. If you don't spend time in conversation with Jesus as you read God's word, you will not be prepared to think like Jesus when you have decisions to make. But I want to talk about this microwave culture I've been talking about. I want you to think crockpot. And now I want you to think about a cow. And y'all are like, where is he going with this? In our microwave culture, we miss the crockpot aspect of meditating on God's word. And this Christian form of meditation is filling your mind with the good thoughts of God. And that's ultimately where Paul is leading as he's giving us all these adjectives that describe Jesus's character and what he wants for our lives. So the word to meditate in Hebrew was a cow chewing cud. How does a cow chew cud? He chews it. Big word, he regurgitates it. He chews it again until it's fully absorbed. We need to slow down. God's convicted me of this in my own life. So what I want to show you is just as you spend time with Jesus, and we've talked about this, he still is present with you in the day-to-day moments, the day-to-day grind of your day. So we're going to do an example of this. Has everybody heard of John 3.16? All right. So I'm going to read this, and I'm going to kind of meditate and think on it and kind of encourage you guys as well as you read God's word. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. with what we talked about, the what's happening in the world right now. What happens down the street from us? What happens in our own lives? For God so loved the world that he gave in a culture that wants to take, in a world that wants to take, he gave his one and only son. He gave his life for us that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. Whoever believes in him. Paul, chained to a Roman prison guard, is never thinking he would be where he was at. Paul killed Christians much like 
Emperor Nero was going to do to Paul. Whoever, you see this man's life changed by the grace of God? The same thing in my life. When I was 24, I gave my life to Jesus. Jesus reached out his hand. I said, I'm done playing, Lord. I want to follow you. Before that, you didn't want to be around me. I was selfish. It was all about me. No purpose in life, no direction. But God changed that. Sure, I had seen his grace in my life in other ways once I looked back. But I missed out on what he wanted for me. Everlasting life. This life is not the end. There's hope beyond this life. There is hope beyond this broken world. If you are looking for a perfect world, you ain't going to see it. And this is why Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm still here, God still got me here for a reason. If I'm with Jesus, no more problems, no more issues, no more sin, no more struggle. But he's still got work for me to do there. So I want you to think about Jesus. What he has done for you. His love, grace, and goodness. Ultimately, all of these words that Paul is describing are found in Jesus. So I've talked about this. Slow down. Ask God to help us think about our thoughts. A simple prayer to pray is, God, help me think about you. Doesn't get more simple than that. God, help me think about you. But the noise of the world wants to have us think about everything else and the problems in our lives versus fixing our eyes on Jesus, the one who carried our problems, the one that carried our struggles and sin and is still present with us. Next, thinking like Jesus leads to right action. Whenever we see an action carried out in our lives or others' lives, you can always trace it back to the heart where you make decisions and then you can look back to where those thoughts come from. As lead pastor Clay says, the issue is not the issue. If you have behavioral struggles or sins in your life, ask God to look at your heart and ask God to help your thoughts. And if this is a way for you to minister to somebody else, to say, I love you. This destructive behavior in your life, I want to help you and extend the love and grace of Jesus in humility as Jesus would. You see, if you're thinking like Jesus, you're thinking about Jesus, this will transform your thinking. If you ask God to help transform your mind, he will do it. So now let's talk about the words that Paul is describing here. 
in the rest of the verse. So this commentary, it says that Paul is not presenting an exhaustive list of Christian qualities. Paul is giving certain aspects of the ideal life which Christians should keep in mind and seek to reproduce. And this is what we're all about here at Alice Drive Baptist Church. We want to help as many people as possible take a next step towards Jesus Christ. And as that is being reproduced in our lives, we can reproduce that in somebody's life, in somebody else's life. And that's what Jesus ultimately commands us to do. Make disciples. As we follow him, we help others to follow him. So think about how you can help somebody take a next step towards Jesus. Or if this is you that need to take a next step towards Jesus. So Paul talks about, think about what is true. Measure against God's word, whatever somebody says. Measure with God's word, the thoughts in your own head. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. Take it to God's word. Some of you have been told you're worthless. Some of you have been told you'll never amount to anything. Don't allow other people to shape your thinking. Allow God's word to shape you. Allow God's word to shape you. So one of these lies we tell ourselves, we can do this Christian life alone. That's a lie. You need people in your life. You need community. If you've never found that, I pray you do. We have wonderful life groups that you can join and grow in your walk with Jesus. And you'll start to realize these people are just as messed up as I am. But they want to follow Jesus. And we're called to love one another. That's Jesus' display of love, of how the world will see our love. Or maybe you say, I can't forgive this person. That's a lie. Jesus is saying, I have freedom for you. But don't withhold my grace from others. If you have received my grace, extend my grace. This forgiveness doesn't always mean the reconciliation of the relationship. Sometimes it does. Because I know you've been hurt and you've hurt others. I'll show you this verse, Matthew 6, 15. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. <laughs> the cross is big enough. Every sin, past, present, future. Name the worst person who ever lived. Think about your own sins. That all nailed Jesus to the cross so you can forgive people that have hurt you. And some of you need to do that today because it provides freedom. I've seen it in my own life. Freedom I thought I would never have. And bondage I was holding myself in of withholding God's grace from somebody else. Next, Paul talks us to think about what is noble, think about what is right, gracious, 
we can see how Jesus was executed for standing up for what was right. Doing the right thing can be hard, but God helps us to do it. Then Paul talks about what is pure, clean things, thoughts, words, and deeds. Have you ever heard about somebody that's got their mind in the gutter? Right? I'm not a good bowler. Sometimes I'm in the gutter myself. But our minds can go to the gutter. Ask God to redirect your thoughts. Ask him to help you. Just because, like I said earlier, just because an unwanted thought comes in doesn't mean you have to act on it. Don't believe the lie. That's ultimately what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. Satan said, do you really believe God's good? You think he's withholding something from you? That you would let your own desire for sin overtake God's word and his promises to you. So think about the good that God has done in your life. Paul says, whatever is lovely, this is pleasing and winsome. Division is not lovely. Think about winning an argument. How many times do we actually win an argument? You might win the argument, but lose the person. God has more for us. Whatever is admirable, fair speaking, attractive, magnetic, even someone who does not follow Jesus can appreciate admirable thinking and action. So this leads us to some action steps. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate helper for your thinking. Our verse for peace for the year, John 14, 27. The verse right before that, which I'm gonna read, and I'm gonna read 27. It says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. With everything that was happening in Paul's life, with everything that happens in your life, you have to recognize the good shepherd's voice. You can reference this in John 10 as you read about Jesus being the good shepherd. He says, I've come to give life and life abundant while the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So recognize God's voice in your thoughts. The Holy Spirit will guide you. Ask him to guide you. It's the spirit of Jesus himself. And that gives us hope. That gives us hope. Another step, be thankful. They have done study upon study that in the brain, it cannot respond to anxiety and gratitude at the same time. Which means it's one or the other. This type of thinking leads us to be thankful for what Jesus has done in my life. 
Think about the cross. Think about the resurrection. Think about God splitting the Red Sea. He made a way when there was no way. Think about how he healed the paralytic for however long he was, almost 40 years. You name the story. Think about those things. That helps you to be gracious. Think about how you woke up in a home this morning. Think about how you woke up and you had somebody that told you that they loved you this morning. Think about that you're able to gather here with believers and to grow in worshiping God together. Think about friends in your life. Think about that you had enough money in your bank account. Be thankful. Building on this, you go back to Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It's all building. This is why reading the scripture matters and being able to see these complete thoughts come together. Turn down the dial. We read a book called Soundtracks with Our Leadership here, and it talks about how you cannot stop your thoughts altogether. Turn down the dial. We've talked about how Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross. That was not a peaceful moment. But Jesus turned down the dial. He set aside his own will to do the Father's will. And even in our struggle, maybe it's parenting. Maybe it's a child you're struggling with, or maybe it's a friendship, or maybe it's somebody at work. To think about how God sees that person in front of you and how he loves them and cares for them. So turn down the dial. Pass and fail thinking versus progress thinking. God's grace is working in your life. Allow Jesus to shape your thoughts. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Don't think I failed. As soon as you do that, you're never gonna try it again. If you think I read God's word, yesterday I didn't read God's word. Today I read one verse. I read Philippians 4, 8. That's awesome. That's progress. Don't beat yourselves up. We are too hard on ourselves. And because we have let somebody else shape our thinking instead of God shape our thinking. He loves us. He's a good heavenly father. We are going to fall. But we get back up again by God's grace. When you sin and you go into that struggle, what's your first reaction? Oh, just this absolute shame. Oh, I did it again, right? Instead of going, God, forgive me, help me. And guess what? He's going to help you move forward. The shorter you make that leash from when you sinned to when you repent and ask God for forgiveness, the better off your life is going to be because he's gracious and he's loving and he's kind and he cares about each and every one of you. And he has a plan and he has a purpose. So don't say, ah, I failed. Give up. That's not what he wants for you. 
it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. For me, I've seen this in my own life. When I throw exercise and diet out the window, I am not a good thinker. One of our members here and good friends of mine, Scott Wickersham, he said to move a muscle is to change a thought. God needs us to move. We have physical bodies he's created with us and this is tied to our thinking and emotional health. Some of us can be tied to a cell phone. We get so sucked into what we think is happening and we miss out on what God presently has in front of us. There's so much more he wants for us. So here's the good news. Jesus thought every thought perfectly for each one of you. For everybody who ever lived and everybody who will ever die, which we will all die, right? That's good news because I can't think every thought perfectly and neither can you. That brings me hope. We learn about wisdom in the book of Proverbs and this is ultimately pointing to Jesus. He was perfect wisdom. So if you want to look to wisdom and look for ways to shape your thoughts, look to Jesus. If you are not a follower of Jesus, in Jesus's deepest moment of pain, dying on the cross for our sins, he is still thinking about you. He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. My, my thinking would be spiraled. I'd be so mad at everybody that was doing everything to me. And Jesus shows compassion in his thinking. And he's fully God and fully man. And that helps him to identify with us. He ultimately died on the cross for our sins to correct our thinking, to correct our thoughts, our hearts, our habits, everything we struggle with, to forgive our sins. And he rose from the dead to give us hope and a future and to show us the perfect example of how to think. He thought about you. He thought about you. If you've never heard that somebody's thought about you, Jesus thought about you. He loves you and he died for you and he rose from the grave. So if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you would today. He ultimately brings plan and purpose to your life. He will correct your thinking. You will not be perfect, but he will guide you and help you. And for the encouragement for the follower of Jesus, ask God to change your thoughts. Ask for forgiveness where you've thought wrongly. He will help you. He will guide you. So I would love to pray with you in the next step room. If this has been an encouragement to you today, if you'd like to receive Jesus or would like to talk, take, talk about your thoughts or something you're struggling with to take a next step towards him. So what would your thoughts be like if you thought more like Jesus.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are good, gracious, and kind. Thank you for helping our thoughts where we struggle in the day-to-day. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. Remind us that even in the struggle, you are present. Help us to choose you over our wrong thinking and sin. And may that be the pattern of our lives. May we receive your forgiveness where we've struggled and where we've sinned against you. And Lord, I pray if anybody doesn't know you here today, I pray that they would come to know you, your life, your death, your resurrection. Life is found in you and right thoughts lead to a life that honors you and reflects you. Empower us now by your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen.